This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Talking Halos. I know it's been forever and a day, and the world has changed in Angels, well, in Angels Land since the last time we were on. It's been really changing since the last time Jared was on, but hey, we're here together today. Jared Timms and John Crane all back together for a Talking Halos episode. I'm considering this to be our relaunch. Things have been kind of rough around here for a while, and we're getting things straightened out as the Angels head into the offseason, and hopefully we see some good stuff. First things first, Jared, how you doing, man? Not doing too bad. You know, I got to watch a little uh, Tom Brady action today. Just going to throw that one out there right now. You know, Tom Brady, five touchdowns. But, you know, it, it was good. You know, it is what it is. We're working with it. We're rolling. Well, at least Tom Brady wasn't throwing five touchdowns against the Rams, but... That's a good thing. John, how you doing? I think you're hard on it. I think you're hard on yourself, Derek. I think uh, considering the way this baseball season has been, I think we've been staying pretty in line with how this baseball is. So, I mean, I, I know we've, we've, we've definitely had some big hiccups this uh, year, but um, I think we're going to straighten it out. Hopefully Major League Baseball straightens it out. Well, it, it's just been a uh... – been a crazy season overall and you know even judging from jared's response after the season ended and billy Upler's fired it's that much crazier so with all that in mind let's talk about this you know lots of things happening last time we talked the angels were kind of getting things together they were actually in it in the last week of the season and then they get swept and that's pretty much it Angels finished 26-34. and 34. It is essentially a wasted year for, for uh, Mike Trout, for the entire roster at this point. Anderson Simmons, he decides to opt out of the season at the end. So, <laughs> man, I guess we have a lot of things to kind of break down here. 
Jared, I'm going to go to you first because I guess the big one is Billy Epler. And Billy Epler was fired after we find out he had been extended before the season started. I know that you uh, had a very particular reaction to this and, and that gathered some attention in, on Angel's Twitter. So what's going on, man? Yeah, you know, I mean, unfortunate enough. I mean, it's something that I feel like we saw coming almost with Billy Epler and everything. And it's just, it's such an unfortunate circumstance because you look at what Depoto's doing up in Seattle right now, and he's getting pretty dang close to being a, being a winner up there. I, I think, you know, he's got a really good farm system and everything's pretty much rolling for him. And it wouldn't surprise me if Billy Epler went on to do the same thing somewhere else. I mean, and it's, it's, you know, there's so many mixed emotions going on right now, and, and it's it's been that it's that way in the angel system right now too. You know, nobody really knows what to make sense of right now, and it's just it's just kind of an unfortunate situation going on there. I mean, we can point the finger at whoever we want to point the finger at at this point, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you gotta I guess you gotta put a winning team on the field, you know, no matter what. And I don't know, you know, I am just kind of going off on the tangent now at this point and yeah so but wait let's tighten the tangent here because when this is all over you you were on twitter and you were saying that hey listen i'm basically you're saying i'm paraphrasing a little bit i'm done covering the angels and you know bam like we're like what this is news to me you're one of our (laughs) co-hosts news to me and i know that you thought a lot of that blur and you also want to have a, a future in covering baseball or in an organization. So what's let's dig this in a little bit. What's really going on with you in terms of with Appler and covering the team and, and you know, what's what's going on in in the Jared Tim's brain? Yeah, I mean at this point, I guess it's just kind of a to be determined, you know, you hope a lot of people hope that, you know, Billy gets a job somewhere else, and that's me included, somewhere, you know, that he's going to be well used and used correctly. And I really believe that, you know, his philosophy and what he instills into an organization is really good and can really work under the right circumstances. I just don't think here in Anaheim it's going to be that right circumstance. And we saw it for five years, you know, and I don't know really if we're ever going to see somebody really work here in Anaheim, but off to off on another tangent for myself, you know, it's, it's, it's still to be determined at the moment. You know, I, I could still, you know, come back and talk with angels baseball and, you know, and people wondering, I have no affiliation with the angels whatsoever. I do this because I like the game. I mean, you guys know that I have zero affiliation to the angels whatsoever. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll even throw this one out there. Have I had a few interviews? Yes, I have had a few interviews with the Angels for certain spots. But, you know, taking a step back, am I affiliated with the Angels at all? Absolutely not. You know, I do this because I love the game and I love what goes on. And I really love what Billy Epler did with the organization. I truly believe that he could put a winner on the field. At, at the end of the day, that's what I that's what I felt, you know. So am I affiliated with the Angels? Absolutely not. There's no affiliation. I do not get paid by the Angels. I have don't get anything free from the angels. I just, you know, I understand baseball. I know baseball. I give my thoughts and I feel that I give good thoughts. And I feel that, you know, my tweets may help, you know, whether they're stats or whether they're just 
what I'm thinking, you know, I, I feel like they could help and I feel like I can put them on Twitter. So, yeah, that's my two cents. I guess I'm to be determined at the moment. Am I a free agent? I guess, yeah, kind of, you know, but I, I'm going to be around this podcast as long as I can be. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to give up on you guys. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I, you know, I want to clarify a couple of things. Are you affiliated with Billy Epler? I am not affiliated with Billy Epler whatsoever. Do you have a relationship with Billy Epler? I've never talked to Billy before, no. Okay, so why the Billy why the Billy Epler love? I just understand it, you know. There's some things that organizations do that I don't quite understand, but I feel that I understand 95% of what he does and why he does it, and I don't even talk to the guy. I've never talked to him once before in my life. Could, does he know who I am? Maybe. Hey, I, that, that'd be cool. I have no idea if he knows who I am. You know, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, I, I feel like I understand what he does and I understand why he gets some of the pitching he does. And that's why, personally, I, you know, back up 99.9% of the stuff that he does. You know, I get a lot. You guys see it. I get a lot, a lot of criticism on Twitter for backing Billy up and what he does. But I truly believe you know that i understand 99 percent of the stuff what he does and why he does it and i think that it reflects on the field too you know i think he gets a lot of good players to come play in anaheim and whether or not they're used correctly or whether they're you know madden or osmus or Sosha use them correctly that's probably a whole nother episode that we can go off on but you know i i completely understand i totally understand what he does and why he does it and i think that the stats really kind of back him up and yeah, you know, at the end of the day, am I? Do I know him? Absolutely not. I don't. I've never talked to him before in my life. I just, I just understand what he does, and I think that he does it well. And hey, you know, whoever the Angels bring in next, I could totally understand him as well. You know, so I might love Dombrowski. I might love whoever else they bring in. You know, so. So, turn over to John. John, you know, Billy Upper being gone earlier in the year, especially, you kind of seemed to, to believe that given the fact of facts the season that teams would sort at least sort of at least sort of kind of get a a mulligan on this season do you still believe that now that it's over and done with because at least with Billy Upler he didn't get a mulligan no I, I I guess I guess just as a fan I wasn't that surprised that he got that he got let go as as much as people are demanding him to let go i think i I think i mean you know i'm not as analytical on baseball as jared is but i mean i just look at some of the you know he took over the team with pool holes the salary strapped on him he already had trout Uh, i mean he got a simmons who'd he get his rendon he's got listella traded listella but got listella got goodwin bundy i mean He's accomplished and, and Otani. And unfortunately, Otani isn't panning out to be what we'd hoped he'd be. If some of these players that, you know, like Otani, if Otani had panned out to be what he, what he was in Japan, um, we could be having a lot different conversation about Billy Epler. So I, I don't blame, I, again, I don't blame, I, you guys have more, maybe Jared has more insight because I know there's a lot of people looking at Artie. And looking at Billy Epler, but I don't think, and and I don't know exactly how a GM changes the mind of a Garrett Cole. How that makes a, that big of a difference that the G, that the GM is going to convince Garrett Cole not to sign with his team that he was a fan of as a child, throw a boatload of money at him, and he still says no and walks away, even though he lives in, in Southern California. So I, I I don't you know I don't really know how we. W- 
you know, I think that they let him go. They let him go. I don't think that they have. A, I don't. I I know that the Dabrowski is a potential replacement. I also just want to say too that I have no affiliation with the Angels, but they have given me free stuff. They've given me bobbleheads. They've given me backpacks, and I mean, I could go on all day. I, I don't know how Jared's missing out on that. I mean, my affiliation with the Angels is is uh, been watching this kid, watching this team since I was a kid, since the days of Bobby Grich, you know, since the days of Dave Parker, and when Dave Winfield actually wore the uniform, and kind of a freak show thing where, you know, they're trying to find a way to win and couldn't because they were horrible. <laughs> I mean, to the days of Tim Salmon being a rookie. I mean, all these years of, all those years of bad baseball followed by some great years. And then the last few have been unbelievably annoying. If anything else, you know, tired, you know, you know, don't like being made a liar in some respects. Like you, we analyze a team and you see where things are going. A year ago, all of us were pretty confident in the direction that Epler had the club moving in. We, we you know, that it was a pretty, to me, pretty easy to see plan. And they kind of, they, they really did kind of fall through on the plan, at least going out there and getting a third baseman. I know I talked about them getting a third baseman last year. Pitching was the thing that really didn't pan out exactly how they wanted to, uh, despite the fact Dylan Bundy actually was was a great pickup in the end. I think of all those things and, and still look at a team that finished 26 and 34, and it's kind of hard for me to swallow that in the end, this team had the talent. They really did have the talent to go further. I mean, none of us predicted a World Series for the Angels this year when we did our predictions. We we all thought that they were on the right path, though. A team that would win 85 to 90 games and in a 162-game season. That's not what happened. So someone was going to pay the price for it, and in the end it was Billy Epler. It's just hard to swallow in that respect. You know, so... Jared, for you watching this team, what went wrong? I don't like to put blame on one person, but you really got to look at how the team was managed in a sense. You know, and I know that this, you know, wasn't the season, you know, to really lay blame on anybody. And it's going to be so hard to really, you know, you look at guys like Ansel Robles or even Julio Tehran who had a bad year you know, Jose Suarez or anybody who had, you know, a rough year, anybody who even had a good year, it's, it's really tough to pinpoint, you know, like or really place blame on it because it's only a 60-game season. I mean, hey, Hansel Robles could have turned it around in this 162-game season and been a good reliever, you know, or Mike Myers could have completely flipped it around and, you know, ended up being just an average reliever instead of one of the best relievers in baseball this year. But, you know, at the end of the day, I said it at the beginning, you know, you kind of got to blame, you know, management in a sense. And, you know, and I'm not one to ever do that. And you guys know that. But, man, Joe Madden, I feel like, 
there's not going to be any stats to back this up at all. And, you know, but you, there were a lot of people questioning some of the stuff that he did during this season. And, and it was just kind of an unfortunate circumstance, in my opinion. You know, you look at some of the lineups he put out in crucial games, too. You know, like starting Matt Dice at second base and batting him second in a must-win in Texas. Or then the following game, putting him in the outfield where he's never played before and batting him second again. It's just tough to really, you know, pinpoint that. And then some of the bullpen decisions he made. And even starting, you know, a guy like Julio Tehran in game, what, in, in after game 50 is, is really tough to justify, you know. So I just don't know, you know, if those are his moves, if, you know, the analytics department fails him. Because, you know, we know that he's not a very big analytical guy. But, you know, he came in and didn't even really implement the plan that he really wanted to. I mean, where was the bunting? Where was the hit and running? Where was, you know, the old school baseball, you know, the Mike Sosha type of baseball that everybody was hoping for again? You know, where was all that? And like I said, I'm not going to put blame on Joe Madden for this. You got to put blame on the players for not playing and, you know, everything like that. But, man, you know, there were some really questionable decisions and there's not going to be any stats to back it up. But that's just how I kind of feel about that. My my frustration goes all the way back to as we know, you know, when you let go of Mike Sosha, you let go of the only manager who's won a World Series. I understand he's with us forever, and they felt they need a change. But when you made that change, when you got rid of Mike Sosha and you played replaced him with Brad Osmus, that was the the big mystery. The who who everybody who who's this? And and then with, I bought into the plan. Like I said, you and me, Derek, talking about okay, there's a plan. And you told me, John, he brought you know Billy wanted his own guy, so Billy brought in his own guy, and this plan was rolling. One year later, boom, Osmus is gone, and 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 after a disastrous season, and then we bring in Madden. I mean, and then after Madden's first season, which, again, I don't know how well you can really judge him because it's such a wacky season, then you find, you know, then you uh, get rid of Epler. It's I, – I, I guess I could say front office is part of the problem. I mean, I guess I could give Artie some prob- – Artie uh, so, uh, point some finger in his direction because – you got to if, if you're going to make a big change, in my opinion, you're going to fire a, a Phil Jackson. You don't. Well, as the Lakers did, Lakers let go of Phil Jackson and then they, you know, and then they had to win. They had to bring him back. So I just have always been disappointed the way they let go of Mike Sosha, the, you know, and because I don't think it was the right way to let him go. And they just have been chaotic ever since. But, John, I mean. That was a while ago here, right? I mean, at some Two point, you, you have to get over losing Mike Sosha. It'll be okay. My point isn't that we got lost Mike Sosha. It's that they replaced him with Brad Osmus. So you're, you're getting rid of a manager who's you know, the face of the Angels for 20 you know, and And uh, then, yeah. then you let him go after one season. Uh, but, then, John, listen. I mean, direction. at the end of the day with, with Sosha, Sosha... His time was done, man. It wasn't a fit anymore. And, and part of that was social wasn't adapting to this game in 2020 and 2018, I mean, I guess. You know, so he what wasn't, you're saying, though, 
you're saying that and that's what Jared just said. Jared said that Madden didn't really implement that stuff. And he said and Jared said we could, we would go back to playing Mike Sosha baseball. So I mean that's what kind of well, me up. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. even I advocated for doing something. My big I, I did a whole podcast for Locked On Angels last year about that. You and mentioned it on our show numerous times. You still you have to have different ways to win, you can't just rely on on base to base baseball, and that's what baseball had become in a lot of ways. But when we had, by the time we had that podcast, it's just we're going base to base to base. We're not stealing base anymore. We're not bunny anymore. We're not moving people through. To me, those are fundamentals that every team should be able to do one way or the other. That and, and that was something that was a positive of Mike Sosha's game. But we're talking about player development. We're talking about mixing analytics and the Angels had not done that. They really hadn't mixed them well. And then you bring in Madden, who has own clashes with it, and you're wondering at this point, well, what are you going to do? I, I I share those same concerns with Jared in terms of some of the lineup decisions. I know you did as well, John, about some of the things that Madden did. But I'll also say this. He doesn't know his players yet. They only had 60 games. They had their original spring training broken apart. The whole system is shifted apart. You know, so I can. I, I guess while they're, they're wacky in terms of decisions, I can understand him trying a few things out. I'm not trying. I'm understand you trying a few things out with their season on the line, but I understand why you do it. I can't. I mean, I, I guess. I guess Madden gets a mulligan for this year, and part of the reason Madden gets a mulligan for this year is because Madden has a record. He has a track record of winning, but I don't think. Artie Moreno gets a mulligan. Artie and Moreno gets as many mulligans as he wants because he owns the team. I get, but <laughs> he doesn't have to get it from the fan base. He can get it anywhere else. He doesn't have to get it from the fan base. And I'll also frame this out. You know, I know how you feel about Billy, and I, and I do agree that Billy did a lot of good things, but Billy made some mistakes here. And, and some of it just comes from experience in the game. You know, you go if a Dave Dombrowski comes in. Do you think Dave Dombrowski is going to put with some of the stuff that that Billy put up with when it comes to Artie? I mean, it's but Dombrowski's going to been around forever. That's you know what what I learned is whoever the Angels hire, it can't be this young gun GM. It has to be somebody who's been around the block some, someone who will take control of the organization, someone who won't take crap from from Artie. He's got to stand up to Artie. And I think I think this is probably where Billy This is probably where Billy failed. In that he and I don't blame him, by the way, Jared. You know, I don't blame him in this department because you're a young guy, this is your first job, and you're not established as a GM. What are you going to do? I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do in that situation, but this, I think it's where Billy fails. Like, where Billy could not stand up to the guy. The Jock Peterson trade is where the season turned in my view. So the, G, the, the Jock Peterson trade that was or wasn't, yeah. you know, this is when some of the things came out that were public. And I think from that, I think from that point of view, my attitude towards already changed a bit to be, I mean, if I'm quite frankly, you know, I, I we've all defended already on the show. Because he, I mean, love him or hate him, Artie's always been fan-friendly, A, and B, he's always been willing to spend money. And we could always justify him 
making some bad decisions from time to time. Because everybody makes them from time to time. But nonetheless, when we found out how petty this was, I mean, that that, that changed how I viewed them. Jared? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, he kind of lost a little bit of my respect in this season as well, with not just by starting with the Peterson trade, but I mean, you just kind of look back and, He's a great businessman. We've talked about this before, mm-hmm. you know. He's a great businessman, and that's my that'll always be my defense for him is he's running a business. But at some point you have to let other people run your business that know about your business better. You know, so the pool deal, there's so much more that goes into that. You know, that's that's a great business deal, you know, that that got you so much involved you know, with Los Angeles, the Latino community, you know, you got a new con, you got a new deal with Fox for that. You know, there's so many things that go into that and it's a great business deal. And, you know, you knew you're hoping you're going to get some good playing years out of him too. And, you know, we're at this point where it's awesome to see Pujols breaking all these records. And it's something that we won't see for a while, another 10 years until Trout does it, or, you know, Miggy might get there. There's some guys, but, you know, we're seeing things that, you know, we may never see again in our lifetime or until Trout comes up or until we see somebody else do it, obviously, when what Pools is doing. And he, back to Artie, Artie's a great businessman. He does great business things. But, you know, you, then we move forward to the Hamilton deal and we move forward. We'll probably look at Rendon kind of in the same way. You know, Rendon's still going to be a good player. We're going to get a lot of good years out of him. There's going to be a lot of, you know, good things that happen with Rendon, hopefully a World Series. But back to what I've been preaching, Artie Moreno is a great businessman. He does business great. John Carpino is a great businessman. He does things great business-wise. But at some point, you need people to run your business the way your business should be ran. And let, you know, you can handle the business side of things, but let baseball people handle the baseball side of things, you know? John? You just you just hear so much criticism of Artie Moreno ever since we started the podcast when I really started paying attention to Twitter, and you know everybody you know get rid like Jared said it already earlier Artie's not going anywhere so you really got I mean if Artie's the problem or if he isn't the problem I I guess if you get a stronger GM I don't know I mean I know Dave Dombrowski I I but you're saying because he's a senior he's been around a long time he's got some results um, he also has got a result of of uh trash in the farm system if i if i understand correct but with yeah we'll talk about that which yeah which so i mean i i guess if i guess if you find a gm who can who can uh, grab Artie by the horns but i mean the problem is is Artie's not going anywhere these people say we've got to get rid of Artie. well Artie's not going anywhere so what do you do then um i i don't know i just the Artie thing's been going on for a couple years now well, you I mean that was a question we just got on on Twitter was this from Ricker Anderson at, at Ricker Anderson OC. He asks, "Is Artie going to sell the team?" And the answer is no, absolutely not. He's not going to sell the team. He didn't go do all he did in terms of the getting the ballpark land and putting together everything to redo the stadium for him to go sell the team. He's not selling the team. 
he's building an empire out there. He's I mean, exactly. A, yeah, he's but a, a resort. <laughs> he that empire, quote unquote, that he's putting together is not going to be successful if his team isn't successful. He'll still bring people in. He'll still draw fans in for a nice new ballpark for a couple of years if they do the new ballpark. I'm not talking about renovating right now, but eventually that that luster comes off. I saw that firsthand in Baltimore, by the way. You know, with Peter Angelos and Cameron Yards. Cameron Yards is one of the still. It's there been almost thirty years, and it's still one of the most beautiful ballparks in in baseball. And yet, in the end, you know, for years, you couldn't get fans to go see an Orioles game unless they're in a glut for punishment that day, because. Peter Angelos basically killed off that fan base out there. Why? Because he interfered in everything. And now we're finding out more and more how Artie interferes. To me, you know, if we want to criticize Epler, I mean, these would be my criticisms. Well, I'll do both. Okay. Strengths. He stabilized the farm system. He did successfully rebuild it. Okay. He did make some solid deals. People don't want... People could say, well, he didn't get pitching. Well, you know, he went and got pitching and in some surprising places this year, okay? Bundy was one of them that I think caught a lot of people off guard in terms of actually panning out. Did he strike out in some deals? Absolutely. Did he... Was he able to develop superstars in his farm system? over the course of five years. I mean, that's been a criticism, that this Angels system is not producing stars the way, say, the Angels, not the Angels, the athletic system has been doing. I mean, but we saw Walshie come up this year, right, and do some things. And we saw the first, the debut of Joe Adele. And, you know, you never know here. We may be seeing a different tune about Uplore in that respect. In a couple of years, but it's not a secret. And Jared, tell me if I'm wrong here. It's not a secret though that there's been some kind of disconnect in the in the Angels farm system for a while now in terms of development. And I'm not sure that that's necessarily Epler's fault. Although in the end, you're the GM, you're in charge of all the stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, you, there is something that goes on, and I don't know if Angels players go through the Bermuda Triangle. Or what happens, but between AAA and Major League level, they forget things, it seems like. I don't know. Does that does that seem right? I mean, I, you look at what I, – I watched Joe Adele his whole career. I watched him as soon as I could. Once he, once he came on to minor league, you know, once I was able to get video of Joe Adele, I've been watching him. And he became a different player once he was at the Major League level, and I have no idea what it is. Like he did not show, you know. We knew he was going to strike out a lot. And yes, okay. He's a tw- he's twenty one, twenty two years old, and he's still very young. And we you had to give him time. But it was not the same player that we saw in the minors. Whether it was AAA, AA. I mean, I don't know if the approach changed at the major league level. I don't know if you point fingers. Jeremy Reed has done a hell of a job. I don't know if you point fingers at Jeremy Reed. I don't know if the Angel system wasn't fit for Adele, but he just, in my opinion, just kind of turned into a different player at the major league level. Or they just called him up too early. Yep, I mean, yeah, 100%, that too. But, I mean, the fan base was asking for it. So, you know, at some point, 
you know, you got to kind of make the fans happy a little bit, you know, and you look around the league at what other teams were doing this year, and a lot of teams succeeded. I mean, we saw a lot of players skip double-A AA and triple-A completely this year and play Major League Baseball and have somewhat success, but Joe Adele was, I mean, by F by war perspective, was one of the worst players in baseball this year, like a Chris Davis of the Orioles type of thing going on. Albert Albert Pujols type of thing. I mean, he was he was not a good player this year, unfortunately. So, John, where do you look at Billy Apple on this whole process? Where do you go with him? I, like I said, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have objected to him coming back. Again, I don't. Perhaps you we we see his successes in the next couple of years because of what he's done. You know, he has helped us restore the farm system. Um, I don't know. It just seems like, well, let's try it, you know, like turn a page and try it's last two years. Well, let's just blow it up and start all over again. Blow it up. We still have the same manager. Um, I, I don't, I I don't know. I guess you got to try something different, I guess, because, but it's kind of hard to, it's really kind of hard to blame anybody for this season anywhere across the, the, you know, the major leagues, but. I think we're at a break. You know, I guess we're at a breaking point, at least with the fans, because this season, while this season was somewhat of a, a disaster comparatively to what we had expected, at least we were competitive last year. I guess we were kind of competitive here, but that is because of the extra wild card. So, I mean, they they did put a surge in pretty close to the end before falling about falling apart that last series, but. I mean, most teams fell apart to the Dodgers this year. I just look at it and and think, I think the signs were on the wall, hindsight being 2020, with the Peterson trade. Because if Moreno actually respected his GM, he doesn't do what he did. So you could that, that's a sign that all is not right in your organization. He should have respected his GM. If you have faith in the guy to to put together a roster that's going to win, you got to respect him. And he didn't. This is how I'm viewing it. I mean, Jared, do you view the same differently? No. Like I said, you look at. We can kind of go back to what I said about already before too. I mean, at some point, you need to respect is the right word. You have to respect the guys who you paid to run your organization to run your organization. You need to give them that opportunity. And it just doesn't seem like Artie has done that yet. You know, you can go back to, you know, Jerry DePoto or, I mean, heck, even was Tony Regan's part of Artie? I think he was, wasn't he? He was. Tony Regan. Yeah. Even Tony Regan's, you know, was kind of pushed around a little bit. It felt like, and granny, I, 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 that probably even can go back to the Vernon Wells deal in a sense too. Like you, you have to think how much you know, how much implication did Artie Moreno have in that Vernon Wells deal? You know, we put a lot of blame on Tony Regans for that, and you know, we really don't know. Hey, you know, with what we know now, that could have totally been an Artie thing, saying, "Hey, you know, we didn't sign this free agent." Let's go out and trade for, you know, you need to go get this guy right now or else you're gone, you know, and that could have totally been it, you know, and that goes for Jerry, Jerry DePoto and 
you know how much Jerry had, how much say did Jerry have in the Pujols deal? We really don't know, or even the Hamilton deal. We really don't know, you know. And, and you know, we put a lot of blame on Jerry for that. And we're seeing what he's doing up in Seattle. And you can kind of tip the cap because I think he's putting together a real winner up there. And now we're looking at what you know has happened with Billy and here in Anaheim with Artie again, you know. And again, you 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 pointed out the the trade at the beginning of the year that Artie vetoed himself, you know. At some point, you have to respect, you know, your guys and what they're going to do, and hope and respect that they're going to put together a team for you, and you have to kind of step aside, you know. The the different the problem with this the Stripling and the Peterson trade is that was where I mean I, I think a lot of fans lo- like the owner who will go out and say sign Vernon Wells, sign you know yeah that, the, the old days of Steinbrenner, just go sign this guy, spend money here, spend money there. I don't care if it's a good idea or not, spend it. But the the Stripling Peterson deal, even though they didn't have great seasons this year, was it like. The most average fan would say, this is a slam dunk. This is exactly two pieces you need. And that he would step in and actually stop it is is galling to me, is is the most galling thing that I've heard that he's done above the uh, – I, well, I, I mean, I guess I've heard some stories before, but – it's like I said. It's one thing to go drop a drop a you know a ten year contract on Albert Pujols. Um, at least you're you're. You there? You're afraid no benefit. That's calling. Hey John, can you back up? I I lost you for a second there. Last year I was just saying. With I was just saying to for him to stop to stop a trade. Yeah, everybody, you know, nobody complains about the, the the GM who spends millions of dollars on the guy who doesn't pan out. Well, they do. They do complain when he doesn't pan out. But if he doesn't sign him, they complain. And now but that was a trade where he stopped. He stopped a trade that was a no brainer for the most average fan. And I, I got I had a problem with that. That's my you know, and I think every every angel fan had a problem with that. The argument will be, we'll look at how their seasons went. Well, we don't know how their seasons would have gone had the tree had the trade gone through. I mean that. Yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair to compare them on the on the Dodgers roster because they wouldn't have been on the Dodgers roster. They would have been on the Angels roster. So I don't think you can compare their seasons. But uh, well, I think Stripling got traded too, right? Pardon? Stripling did get traded. I think to Toronto, didn't he? Yeah, but I'm so, saying yeah. they're on a different team. Is my my point? Yeah, you're right. Jared, where are you sit with us now? No, I. I'm at the same spot, you know, you got to just continue. If you're going to pay somebody to do a job for you, basically, let them do the job, you know. Already, if already wants to be the general manager, so be it, you know. Bring, do it yourself, you know. Don't, and in a sense, you know, you already's just paying guys to be their, his puppet. I mean, they're getting, they do moves, you know. Like, Billy's, Billy did a great job. And I, I would have loved to see them keep Billy. And hell, hell, even bring in Dombrowski as a, you know, I don't know, president of baseball ops in a sense or something along the lines of that, you know, because that's what he's been before. You know, Dombrowski really hasn't been the GM. He's been, you know, the president of, you know, baseball operations, the president of the Cubs, you know, or not the Cubs, where, where, Detroit, wherever else he's been. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it would have kind of been interesting. And it was brought, brought to my attention earlier, like, I guess last year in a sense. Why not keep Billy and bring in another guy that, you know, can help him out, 
you know, do do a little bit with him, you know. So I think Epler and Dombrowski on a team made a lot of sense, but that would never – I don't think that would happen. I, I think that at the end of the day, I think that, you know, Billy's time here ran up, and I think he knew that. I, I don't know how much Billy really wanted to be around. I'm not speaking for him at all. I don't – like I said, I don't know how much you, you know, how much can you put up with this until you, you got to leave, you know. So, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. I don't know in terms of what if Billy wanted to be around or not. I think that nobody wants to be fired though. Like, you know, nobody wants to just he just got an extension. So nobody wants to have the resume that they were fired from a job, even if it was a job that the public understands, right? So I still the look at Billy and I know you're saying he did a great job. I don't know that you can say he did a great job when the team under his tutelage never had a winning season. If they even put together a 31 and 29 season and they're in at the end, then okay, we're, we're there because we're talking about seeing the progress across the board. It's just really hard to measure. And it's really hard to measure also, hey, we, we're kind of forgetting this. Last season, as we're going through the 2019 year, we were able to look at what's going on in AAA, what's going on in AA and single A, the rookie leagues, and get a general idea of, of the future. And this year, with no minor league baseball really going on at all, and all the effects of COVID it's really hard to say, okay, what is the Angels' future as an organization right now, especially since they're not developing people, at least in a way that is cohesive, in a way that is is credible. I mean, we just don't see stars coming up. I keep looking at the 2009 Angels draft and thinking, oh my gosh, what a draft. Look at the, the talent they brought into this organization. And so much of it, you know, of course, gone, but there was so much talent there. And you knew it. You knew it from the start. And, and by the way, I think the Angels did fine with this last draft. Okay. I mean, I think that you, you thought they did fine, right? You were happy with it. Yeah. Jared? Yeah, no, it was, it was an acceptable draft, especially with what you had to work with and what, you know, especially like you look, nobody really had a bad draft. There were a few teams that, it, you know, everybody was like, eh, I didn't like it, you know, but across the board, majorities say that, you know, everybody in Major League Baseball had a decently good draft. Yeah. I mean, so I guess in that respect, we can we can say, okay, that's part of the normal baseball aspect of a season that we don't know. When we laid all together, though, I think it was just, I don't think it was clear change was needed. I'm just not sure the change was needed because Billy did a bad job. I don't think Billy did a bad job. I think Billy did a lot of good things. I think Billy got the organization on the right path after it had been cleaned out at the farm level. But I mean, there obviously weren't some successes there. You know, there maybe next year there would have been, you, you still see the undermining at the top. And this is where I bring it back around to where I think we're going to have to leave off for tonight. And that is, What's the future? And I think the future is you got to bring in a baseball guy who can basically demand the respect of Art Moreno. And if Art Moreno is not willing to do that, 
then there's going to be problems. In my view, despite the fact that the job has draw to it, being in L.A., the L.A. Orange County area, if you are a young general manager type, I wouldn't want to touch this job with a 10-foot pole. I'd rather go serve as an assistant general manager somewhere else at this point. I'm serious. You're not. You're just going to be over, overpowered by your owner. And by the way, just to note, Art Moreno owns a team. He has every right to spend his money how he wishes. But if you want results in the field, you got to trust the guy or the people who are doing the work on the with the field. What do you think? Where do you think that should go, John? Well, I just I, I, I think I said this in the past. I think before the season, if you there, You're having I some bad last year. Are hey, John, you cut out. Can you read that again? I said, looking before the start of this season, a lot of baseball people projected the Angels to do much better than they did before the previous last year. A lot of people projected the Angels to do a lot better than they did. So, I mean, if on paper. Apologize, we're having some technical issues here. I'm not even sure if Jerry, Jerry, are you still there? Yeah, you cut out. John, you cut out. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. There you are. John, finish what you're saying. I don't know where I was at, but I'll tell you that. I just, I'll just repeat what I said before. <laughs> we were projected before the season to do better. The the, the analyst, the All right, folks, we're having some some technical issues coming on from these coming from okay. John's side here, and uh, Jared. Might be me. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't. I, I I thought I heard Jared there. Jared, are you still there? I'm still here. Yeah. Okay, so you you were with me as as John faded out. Yeah. So John's on you. It's all you. It's all your fault, John. <laughs> all your fault, Jared. Where do the Angels go from here? I mean, I can hear you. I mean, for me, if we want to transition this, I, don't, I, I think you have probably a little bit to talk about Dombrowski. If, if you want to transition this into a Dombrowski thing, I, I honestly think that Dombrowski kind of has the edge here because of how badly I be- most people believe that Artie wants Dombrowski. So, I mean, I think that this could actually really, really work in the Angels' favor it, as, a, you know, as a fan base is – if you know Dombrowski can come in and say, "Hey, I know you want me really, really, really bad, but I'm not going to come in here if I have the same restrictions, same rules as Regan's, as Depoto, as Epler had." So let me control the team. You don't worry about too much anymore. You you know my track record. You know I'm going to go out there and and make trades, and we're going to get some good players. I mean, Dombrowski has made some really good trades. Can we say he's drafted well? I don't think so. You know, you look at the last 10 years of what he's done, and I'm not a huge fan of what he's drafted. I mean, big name being Justin Verlander, who, he, yes, he's a Hall of Famer, and but, I mean, you look at who else he's drafted in Detroit, and 
Heck, even in Boston, I mean, big name that he drafted, Tanner Houck, and that's really it in Boston, but he's gotten the results. You know, you look at Boston, he's he won a World Series. Can you put an asterisk next to it? Sure. Um, he didn't win a World Series in Detroit, but he may, got them to the playoff. But it took him five years to build an organization there. He, to make and then the he playoffs. tore it down, though. I mean, and he, he cannibalized it. Exactly. So, from a fan base, is Dombrowski the right move? Yes, I think he is. And I think that Dombrowski ends up being the future. From a minor league standpoint, from my perspective, from most, I would assume, most people in the organization's perspective, is Dombrowski the right guy? Probably not. But, you know, it, it just kind of push depends on how bad you want to win a World Series or how bad do you want a GM that's not going to be pushed around by, by Artie Moreno? Because any of these candidates that have been mentioned to me that have been brought up are going to get pushed around, you know, besides Dombrowski. And I, like I said, I think Dombrowski really has the edge with Artie with how badly he wants him because of the fact that, you know, he can go out there and say, like I just said, let me do my thing here and I'll put a winner on the table for you. And again, Dombrowski's been gifted teams. He was he was gifted the team in, in with the Red Sox. You know he he was gifted that team. He just had to go out. In 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 all hindsight, this the Red Sox where they were when Dabrowski got him, and the Angels where they are now, I think are pretty similar spots. Though the Angels haven't won a World Series, you know, or anything like that. The Red Sox were missing some pitching. The first move that Dombrowski made was go out and get Craig Craig Kimbrell. Then he went out and got Chris Sale. What's the first move that, that Dombrowski will probably make if he gets picked up by the Angels? He's probably going to go out and get a reliever. And, heck, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Josh Hader. And he's probably going to go out and get a starting pitcher. And, heck, it wouldn't remind me. It wouldn't surprise me at all if it was Jake DeGrom or somebody along the lines of that. So, again, I think that you know Dombrowski makes a lot of sense. And from a fan standpoint, putting fans in the seats, putting a winner, on the, putting a winner out there, Dombrowski makes too much sense. And I think that that's the future. Well, I mean, I think I have some very serious reservations about Dombrowski because, you know, talking to the guys from the Tigers especially, you really learn what he did to that organization. I mean, this is a, a Tigers team that really isn't expected to be back in full contention until like 2023, although they didn't do too bad this year. I just think that the Angels are limited in choices. Again, if you're a young kid, if you're a young GM, as much as it would be tempting, you'd be foolish, I think, at this point. To go out, to go out there, you know. But there was a time when Artie Moreno worked in unison with his GM and with his manager, and we're going back to 2007, 2008, 2009. It's not that he's never done it. This used to be an organization that was well run from top to bottom. It's still capable of being that way. But they need somebody who can come in and provide leadership in the baseball operations level. And part of that leadership means telling Artie he's being a moron when he's being a moron. And I don't mean no dis- I mean no disrespect to Artie, by the way, when I'm saying that. Everybody makes mistakes and everybody makes dumb decisions. Sometimes when you have a million things going on when you're running a business, you'll miss some things. And sometimes pride gets us. I just look at it and you need somebody who can tell Artie no. 
or you need someone who can, who can vince with respect already to pull a trigger on something else that maybe already wouldn't have pulled a trigger on. And that guy's probably Dombrowski. And again, I still have reservations, but who who's better out there right now? Probably no one. So there you go, folks. I mean, it, we're going to get some ideas here pretty soon. You know, as, as the, the postseason finishes up and we'll start getting more and more ideas in terms of where the angels are going, but we're back. We'll, Right now, I think the goal for us is once a week, get together on a Sunday or a Monday and talking this thing through, breaking things down, what were the news of the week, what we're hearing. And then as we get into the off season, and the hot stove starts heating up and we start seeing who the GM is going to be, how the farm system is, is shaking out, we'll, we'll be cooking. So, again, apologies for technical issues and apologies for, for being consistent. You know, our lives are different now. You all know the mind definitely changed. Jared's changed and John's all of our lives have changed, and I appreciate you. We appreciate you still being there listening to the show. So, all that said, follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. Follow us also. We're on Facebook. We have we have a page and a group. And Jared underscore Tim's always an interesting follow. Jake's Crane John when he decides to act mature on Twitter, and also me at DC Apollo. I know I, I, co- I cover both the Rams and the Angels for our company here, so. Until then, until next time, we're out of here. Take it easy. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.